Welcome to the Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras podcast. I'm Ben Collins. This podcast takes an entertaining and informative look at some of the inspiring and humorous stories of India's Vedic tradition, followed by recordings of Vedic and other mantras being chanted by traditional Brahmin priests. Show notes and other materials can be found at puja.net, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T. Thanks for joining us. In this week's podcast, we're going to take a closer look at the endless conflict between the gods and the demons. In the Puranas, the collection of stories about the gods, they are called the Sura, and so the demons are the Asura, meaning not Suras. In the Rig Veda, Indra, the king of the Suras, or Devas, is called the destroyer of the Asuras. And of course, the fight between them all is eternal and shows no signs of letting up anytime soon. In the Shatapana Brahmana, part of the Yajurveda, the gods and demons are both described as descendants of Prajapati, the creator, with the demons being the older and the gods being the younger sons. As the Brahmana text says, both descendants, the gods and the Asuras, received their father's inheritance, truth and falsehood. The gods, abandoning falsehood, adopted truth, and the Asuras, abandoning truth, adopted falsehood. Speaking the truth exclusively, the gods became weaker, but in the end survived. The Asuras, speaking falsehood exclusively, became rich, but in the end succumbed. The source of the gods' strengths was sacrifice, which the Asuras attempted to disrupt. So eventually the gods became preeminent through the performance of their pujas, or yagyas, and wishing to, wishing to catch up with them, the Asuras made their sacrifice offerings, but instead of offering them to the divine, they offered them into their own mouths. But the gods gave their offerings to each other, as is described in the Purusha Suktam. When the gods prepared the sacrifice with Purusha as their offering, its oil was spring, the holy gift was autumn, summer was the wood, they offered the Purusha, born in the earliest of times, with him the deities and the rishis sacrificed. There's an interesting insight hidden in this story that truth was the choice of the gods and that did not immediately make them strong. In fact, it says just the opposite, that adherence to the truth is not necessarily expedient and it's a choice made of free will. Of course, from the Vedic perspective, only Brahman is equated with truth and creation. The veil of Maya, non-Brahman, is non-truth. So from one perspective, the Asuras can be seen to represent those who do not seek to go beyond the apparent world to find its inner truth. At the beginning of a puja or a yagya, Ganesha, as remover of obstacles, is invoked to make sure that any obstacles to the successful completion of the puja or yagya are removed. Then there is a very brief mantra that is sometimes said while sprinkling around a little water to make sure that the place and the attendees are purified of all but the best intentions. It goes, Apavitra pavitrova, sarava vastanga topiva, yasmare pundari kaksham sabaya bhyantara shuchi. And it means, whether I'm pure or impure, whether this purity or impurity has spread everywhere, by turning within we gain the purity of the transcendent Brahman. So the gods and the asuras are always going back and forth against each other. And from time to time they cooperate as they did at the churning of the ocean of milk in order to distill out of it the amrita, the nectar of immortality. 
And referring back to our podcast last week, as might be expected, the devas promised the asuras a share of the reward for helping them. But in the end, do they actually let them have it? No, of course not. Vishnu in the form of Mohini, an incredibly beautiful woman, distracts them with her flirting, and the devas steal the amrita for themselves. So the gods become immortal, and that gives them a certain advantage in their battles with the demons. But the asuras have a special guru by the name of Shukracharya, who has in his possession the Mritya Sanjivani Mantra, which can revive the dead. So, of course, Shukra has an interesting story. He is the son of the Rishi Bhrigu, which makes him the grandson of Brahma, the creator. He was born on a Friday on Swati Nakshatra and is associated with the planet Venus, who in Sanskrit is known as Shukra. As a child, Shukra was sent to study with the Rishi Angiris, but that didn't work out so well because Angiris favored his own son, Brihaspati, who was destined to become guru to the gods. Well, Shukra left and went to study with the Rishi Gotama. Shukra was an exceptionally brilliant student. He mastered all the Vedas and the different forms of spiritual knowledge. He's known as Ushanas, the brilliant, the poet, the pure. He ended up spending so much time in his severe austerities of meditation that he eventually won the attention of Shiva, who granted him knowledge of the Sanjivani Mantra. Well, the gods were already immortal, and they had a guru in Brihaspati, who basically was Shukra's uh, enemy. So Shukra, as we might say, decided to go over to the dark side, and he causes lots and lots of interesting trouble. Shukra usually has a very calm and diplomatic demeanor, which is why he's well-suited to be guru to the Asuras. And to make a connection to the world of astrology, Venus, or Shukra, is the ruler of the sign of Libra, Tula in Sanskrit, the sign of the diplomat. But of course, Venus also rules Taurus, the sign of the bull, and well, the word, does, uh, the word stubborn does come to mind. So here's one story, and not only does it have lots of twists and turns, but it shows Shukra's dark side. There once was a king by the name of Danda, who was very prosperous, and Shukracharya was his guru and priest. Shukracharya had a very beautiful daughter by the name of Araja. Well, Danda had a secret crush on her, even though he was the king, and he managed to keep it to himself for a very long time. But there came a day when Shukracharya was away, and the king sought out Araja, and informed her of his attraction and desire to marry her immediately. Well, Araja wasn't so sure it was such a good idea, and she said, Your Highness, it would be against Dharma. Shukracharya is your guru, and thus he is like a father to you. I am his daughter, and thus I am like a sister to you. So how could I possibly marry you? Well, the king was not impressed and said, That is warped logic. I can certainly marry you if I desire to. After all, I am the king. Well, Araja said, in that case, please wait for my father to return, and then you can ask him for my hand in marriage. I certainly cannot marry without his permission. Nonsense, said the king. Don't you know the, don't you know the story of Tritangara? I will relate it to you. Vishwakarma, the architect of the gods, had a daughter named Chitrangada, who was more beautiful than even Lakshmi herself. Once she went into the forest with her friends to bathe, and while they were there, they met a very handsome prince by the name of Sarata. 
Well, they immediately fell in love and decided to marry. But a friend said, no, you shouldn't do that without your father's permission. But Chitranganda went ahead and married the prince anyway. And just like that, you are able to make up your own mind and marry me here and now. Well, Araja was not impressed and said, you know, you know only part of the story. Let me tell you the rest of Chitrangada's story. When Vishwakarma returned, and he was absolutely beside himself with anger that his daughter had married without his permission, he, being very powerful and a little hot-headed, cursed his daughter that she would be separated from her husband and would bear no children. And as he spoke, the river Saraswati rose up and swept away Chitranganda's husband, the prince Sarata. Vishwakarma threw Chitranganda out of his ashram, and Chitranganda underwent a lot of hardship, and eventually was at death's door. Her despair was so, was so great. So with that, Araja folded her arms and said again to the king, I shall not marry you without my father's permission. Well, replied King Danda, you have not really completed the story, and I will complete it for you. Chitrangada eventually ended up at a temple. There she met the sage Rita Dwaja and told him her story, while Rita Dwaja was considerably softer-hearted than Chitrangada's father and felt that she'd been cursed rather unfairly. He therefore cursed her father, Vishwakarma, that he would be born as a monkey. Tritvangara stayed at the temple and prayed to Shiva that she would be reunited with her husband, and in time she was. So you see, said the king, Tritvangara came to no harm in the end, so you should marry me immediately so we can live happily ever after. Well, as you might expect, Araja still would not agree, whereupon King Danda married her forcibly and took her away to live with him. When Shukracharya returned, he quickly discovered what had happened. He wasn't showing his diplomatic side when he burned up Danda and his entire kingdom. His wrath was so fierce that the area where the kingdom was eventually turned into a dark forest called Dandakaranya, where the gods never went and only Asuras visited until Rama went there and removed the curse. So next week we'll hear about Rama's visit to the Dandakaranya forest and how he removed the curse, almost losing his wife Sita in the process. Right now we're going to hear a number of chanting selections relevant to today's stories. Of course we have to hear the Sanjivani Stotram, which tells us all about that mantra that defeats death. And this recording includes it at one point in the recitation. The selection's about seven minutes long. And then we'll listen to Shukra's Gayatri and Kavacham. Kavacham is a protective mantra, so this is the protective blessings of Shukracharya. That selection's just a couple minutes long, and we end with a melodic rendition of a very nice Shanti or peaceful mantra. So that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Atha Amrita Sanjeevana Stotram Atha Vadamaham Vakshirata Sanjeevanam Stavam Yasyanushtana Matrena Mrityur Dorat Palayate Asadhyā kashta sādhyāścya maharoga bhayankarāha Shīgram nashyanti pathanār asya yuscha pravardhate Shākini dāgini dōsā kudushtyagraha shatrujāha Preta vedāna yakshottā vādhā nashyanti jākitāha Duritāni samastāni nāna janmot bhavānicā 
ಪಾರ್ಥಿಶೋಷಣಾಶುಗರಾಘವ ಸಿಂಚ ಸಿಂಚಾಮೃತಗಣೇಷ್ಠಿರಂ ಜೀವಯ ಜೀವಯ ಭೂಪಾದಾಸುರ ಸಂದೋಹ ಕಾಲಾಗ್ರೇ ರುಕ್ಮಿಣೀಪದೆ ಸಿಂಚ ಸಿಂಚಾಮೃತಗಣೇಷ್ಠಿರಂ ಜೀವಯ ಜೀವಯ ವೇದಮಾರ್ಗರಥಾನರ್ಹ ವಿಭ್ರಾಂತೇರುಬುದ್ಧರೂಪದೃಗ ಸಿಂಚ ಸಿಂಚಾಮೃತಗಣೇಷ್ಠಿರಂ ಜೀವಯ ಜೀವಯ ಕಲಿವರ್ಣಾಶ್ರಮಾಸ್ಪಷ್ಟಧರ್ಮಧ್ಯೈರ್ಲಿರೂಪಭಾಗ್ ಸಿಂಚ ಸಿಂಚಾಮೃತಗಣೇಷ್ಠಿರಂ ಜೀವಯ ಜೀವಯ ಅಸಾಧ್ಯಾಕಷ್ಟಸಾಧ್ಯಾಯೇ ಮಹಾರೋಗಾಭಯಂಕರಾಂಧಿತಾನಾಶ್ಚಕ್ರೇಣ ಚಿರಂ ಜೀವಯ ಜೀವಯ ಅಲ್ಪಮೃತ್ಯು ಚಾಪಮೃತ್ಯು ಮಹೋತ್ಪಾತಾನುಪದ್ರವಾನ್ ಭಿನ್ನಿಭಿನ್ನಿ ಗಾಘಾತೈಶ್ಚಿರಂ ಜೀವಯ ಜೀವಯ ಅಹಂ ನ ಜಾನೆ ಕಿಮಿತ್ವದನ್ಯಾತ್ಸಮಾಶ್ರಯೇನಾಥಪದಾಂಬುಜಂತೆ ಕುರುಷ್ವದ್ಯನ್ಮನಸೀಕ್ಷಿತೇ ಸುಕರ್ಮನಾಕೇನಸಮಕ್ಷಮೀಯಾಂಪಮೇವತಾಜನೀತ್ವಮೇವತ್ವಮೇವ ಅಹವಿಸ್ಮರಥ ಪಂಚಾಶ್ರಮಂಡಲಗತ ಪದ್ಮಸ್ತಂ ಚಿಂತೆಯಹಂ 
Oh, 